Welcome to Victory, the podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. Kevin Dillon. Victory! And we have got an amazing, legendary guest right now who's done over 150 movies and television, including Entourage with us, both the show and the movie. And done some of the great movies of all time and uh, some of my personal favorites, which Lethal Weapon and mm-hmm. uh, Predator and Buddy Holly Story, which he was nominated for an Oscar. Should have won. Should have won. We want and. Yeah, we have a lot of people who lost things they should have won in this room. But without further ado, Gary Busey is in the house. How you it's doing, very Gary? good to be in the house. Thanks for having me. Thank you for and coming. The, the great thing about being nominated, that's always a very elite standard. But my reward came from being chosen to play Buddy Holly. Who yeah. chose you? He did. Buddy. Wow. They'd seen everyone in town. The people who made the movie had not made a movie before. They were from Philadelphia. George Selznick, God bless George Selznick, she cast me in the movie. And I said, uh, you guys, I'm doing a movie called Big Wednesday where we're surfing 20-foot waves. Good luck on your movie, and you're not going to find anybody that can sing like Buddy Holly. And I did the movie, and a few months after the movie, I realized that Buddy Holly's spirit was singing through me. Mm. Now, are you a singer trained at all, or were you a singer for fun at that point, or what? Yeah, I've been singing a long time. I had a band at Oklahoma State University called the Rubber Band. We came out Uh. in California in 1966, and I played drums and sang all the songs because I was the only one who knew the lyrics. Right. Uh. And Maria Elena Holly, his widow, when I was singing, just you know I, True Love Ways, he wrote that song for her. She got up and ran out, and I went, oh, no. (laughs) And then she took me outside by the dumpsters and held me by the shoulders and said, you brought my buddy back to me. And I said, buddy has never left you, dear. That's an amazing compliment. I mean, and, uh, you know, you did some of that for us as well. I mean, uh, you you know, Gary on the show, which we'll get into, uh, you know, you obviously, you came on the show. I don't know how much you remember about it, but I mean, you obviously never heard of the show because we'd just gotten started and we were lucky to have you. Larry Charles, I think, I don't know if you guys were friends or or how it came to pass. We became great friends. Right. And we were probably, all of us were probably friends before this lifetime because we may and probably were together in the past life. That's how things happen. And everything you've been in your past lives, even if it's 35,000 years ago, stays with you in your identity as you are today. Do we learn from it? Why do I keep getting divorced? Why don't I fucking figure this out at this point? Like, what's happening? Divorce? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's an innate hobby you have. Oof, that's really scary. (laughs) Dylan also possibly. Bad choices. Did you file for divorce, Doug? Uh, you know, uh, I it's did. a complicated I, question. No, it's I mean, I did, I, I did this, I did the second time. The first time I, my, my first wife, it was probably my fault, but, uh, but yeah, I filed the second time. So I'm one and one. I'm one and one. <laughs> How old were you when you, uh, got married? The first young, time? 27. 27. Yeah. Which is young for LA, but not young for most of the world. But I, I was young, but I met my, I met my first wife the day I got to Los Angeles, literally the day. And we were together for Almost 20 years. Was ago. it love at first sight? Yeah, it was. We had a good run. We got two amazing kids, and she's a great woman, lives around the corner from me, but we probably got married too young, and I was kind of an asshole, and uh, she's she's a good person, though. Yeah, These guys know her. And they, oh, she's awesome. you know. So uh, just on, on a side note, who's got more star quality, Kevin Dillon or Steven Seagal? <laughs> I'll tell you what a star is. 
A star is a self-contained mass of gas way up in the sky. Nice. <laughs> they come out at night, and when they twinkle, they're saying, thank you. I like that. Does Dylan twinkle or no? Or Connolly a little bit? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. These guys are twinkle toes. Right. <laughs> twinkle toes. <laughs> they wear underwear with twinkles on them. And I mean, I want to talk to you about so much because whatever, Big Wednesday, but to Lethal Weapon, how was Mel to work with? Oh. Is that <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, yeah. boy, we were hooligans. Yeah. By the way, I think that that's one of the greatest movie bad guys in history, Mr. Joshua. Bad well, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't look at it as an antagonist or a bad guy. I look at the character Mr. Joshua as a character who's misunderstood by the public. <laughs> Easy. That fist fight on the front lawn. At the, what a way to end a movie. Fist fight on the front lawn. Fist of cops. Mono okay. and mono. Here's Dick Donner. Okay, we're going to end this movie with a typhoon. <laughs> You're going to have a fight scene. And the fight scene took five nights to film from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Full speed for martial arts. And... We had great people teaching us. Orion Gracie of the Gracie Brothers. Oh, wow. Judo yeah, Jiu-Jitsu wow. from Brazil. Did he choreograph that fight? That was Bobby Bass. God oh, Bobby, Bobby Bass. Bass. Of course. I, I worked with Bobby Bass on Rocky Five. Bobby Bass, <laughs> legendary stuntman. Legendary yeah. stuntman. Yeah, Don't he, sleep he, on he, Kevin Connolly in Rocky Five, by the way. <laughs> what? Good performance. Kevin Bobby in Rocky ba- Five. Yeah. Good performance. Bobby Bass is one of the great stuntmen of all time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is. He had a little bit of Mr. Joshua in him, too, didn't he? <laughs> he has a little bit of everything he's doing in him. You know, he don't miss a mark. Yeah. So you, it took five days to, to choreograph yeah. and film that yeah. scene? Did you train before that? Or? We trained every day at lunch a month before the fight scene with Orion Gracie. And uh, we did Taekwondo, Copueta from Brazil, where you fight with no weapons, Judo Jiu-Jitsu from Brazil, and a martial art called Jailhouse Rock. There's nothing to do with Elvis. Right. But what it is, is a fight form that's taught you to fight in small spaces like a prison cell. Very quick. That, Very quick. I mean, that that's amazing. And by the way, we're talking about Lethal Weapon, which if you haven't seen it, younger people, this is one of the great action movies ever made. Well, know? Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, mm-hmm. John C. McGinley, and all the cats. Did Shane and- Black write that? Yeah, yeah, Shane, Shane Black right. wrote that. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, amazing. And I build a backstory of all the characters I play in a movie. That way I can wrap the character around me. I come out and perform, and my heart is coming through the performance, so there's no acting required. And Mr. Joshua's backstory is he would walk through his grandmother's blood to get a postage stamp and never lick at her. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. I love to talk about all your movies. I mean, Point Break. Give me some. Give me some insight onto Point Break, which is one of you know really one of the great movies. Also, that uh, they did yeah. a remake iconic. recently, which it's was iconic. Not, it ain't going anywhere for a yeah, hundred years. It, did, it didn't live up to the original. But um, so, tell us a little bit about Point Break. And, well, Catherine Bigelow directed. It. Yeah, genius. And the next year, she won the Academy Award for Best Movie and Best Director. Is that Hurt Locker? Or? Which, Her locker, yeah. and she beat her former husband, Jimmy Cameron. Yep. She's wonderful. Yeah. She is wonderful. Yeah. And it was a beautiful feeling of improvisation. And one scene, Keanu and I are in the FBI room. We're the only ones there. And I'm talking to him about surfers are really ghosts, and you have to get into them and understand their culture. And the Keanu came back to me with a line, and right in the middle of his line, I said, Shut up! <laughs> 
Well, he shut up and laughed, looked around, and came back and got right back on the boat. You know, it was great. It was great. Keanu was wonderful. Do you improvise a lot? I know we'll get to us, which I know you did, but do you improvise a lot in movies? Yeah. Did you improv? Utah, get me two. That's a very famous line from Point Break. Well, what happened When was, you want the two meatball sandwiches. There was a lot of dead air in the scene when Keanu was walking to the meatball shop to give me a meatball sandwich. And so I wanted to fill up the air. So I said, hey, Utah, give me two. Give me two meatball sandwiches. <laughs> it's it's one of the, cla- ironically, yeah. one of the classic, one I of the hit- most quoted lines from the movie, which is kind of ironic, but, you know. Yeah, I have notices sent to me by people called cameos. They want me to talk to them on it. And a lot of them say, hey, don't forget to say, hey, Utah, give me two, two meatball sandwiches. It's a birthday party. I'll say, hey, Utah, give me two, two birthday cakes. And you got to be careful when you blow out the candles. Don't spit on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> and we just got it for free, which is nice. Dylan is also on Cameo. You can get him to say happy birthday yeah, to you if you're yeah. interested. Um, it's fun, actually. You have so many movies we could talk about. Predator, Star is Born even, you know, with Christopherson and Barbara Streisand. Yeah. And you're in. What, what was that like? Oh, it was fun. It was like a backstage pass at an animal farm. <laughs> what do you it mean? was wonderful. What does that mean? That means everything goes, everything's right, everything's right? funny. And when we came out of watching dailies, Barbara, Chris, me, director, and uh, she said, Busey. And I said, yes, ma'am. Now I know what to tell you to do to do it my way. And I said, what's that? Tell you the opposite. And I said, close, but no guitar. (laughs) And she was a co-creator of the truth, Barbara Streisand. Is and still is. She's beautiful. What a wonderful artist. I'll tell you what's yeah. amazing, Gary. How old are you right now? 70? Yes. Like, your your memory yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. We're doing this podcast reliving some entourage memories, and I don't remember the things that you're remembering from 50 years ago th- that well. Well, you know, it's funny. How was your experience? Because I was always a huge fan of Celebrity Apprentice. Was that a, a hard gig? Is it a lot of work? Is it over a course of a long time? How? What, what was that like? Oh, that's one of the... High benchmarks of my experiences in this industry. It was beautiful. Sleep deprivation <laughs> was what you had. We go to, I go to bed at eight at night. You have to get up at uh, 5 a.m. and go down and get breakfast, get your hair, and makeup, and then see Kitty Boots. She's a wardrobe counselor. She'd give me clothes. I go up and put them on. I come down and she switch clothes or hem this or pull in this. And then we went to a 40 story building with Donald Ivanka and Donald Trump Jr. And Donald would give us our task and tell us what we had to do. So the rest of the day, we would do the task. And then next day, half of the day, we'd finish the task. Then we'd go to the boardroom where someone would be fired. (laughs) Was there a lot of interaction with Trump or was he kind of in and out? Task, boardroom, gone. Well, I met Donald Trump about six years before Celebrity Apprentice. I was in... uh, New York doing a movie that started in England called Insignificance that went to the Cannes Film Festival. Keith Carradine was doing Will Rogers on Broadway. We rode around in a sedan with Donald. He had a scotch, and he would point out at people. What do you mean? What kind of people? Uh, women, men, people dressed funny. He was always talking in funniness. Did you find him a good guy at that point, or what? How- oh, all, all the way through. Right, yeah. yeah we, oh, him. yeah. In fact, he made stickers out with his picture on it and my picture on it. Right. I was going to be the VP. <laughs> I think he'd be a good one. 
So let's transition now. Done a little recapping of life, but let's let's get to where we get you on Entourage, which was for us an amazing get. You were one of our mm-hmm. first uh, real stars to come on the show. True. Everybody, everybody's a star. Got to remember that. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, whatever. You were one of the harder people to uh, to to get. I guess is the word. You know. Yeah. So, oh, hey, I didn't have anything else know, to do. I was easy. Well, we appreciate it. You know. But <laughs> I'm I re- here. I'm over right here. And the interesting thing is, I I came up with you know I remember you know I came up with let's get a let's get like a great actor and like make him a abstract painter. So that was before we actually had you. You are an artist, right? So are, were you doing that stuff for real? I'm trying to remember. Like we came Push stuff like art, art. Are you painter or? Oh yeah, yeah. Music, painting, writing. I have a book that's out now, and I want your addresses because mm-hmm. I'm going to sign one to you specifically. Nice. And it's a story about my, my uh, it's a motivating, inspiring book with things I've been through. And anybody who's in a struggle, they read that book, oh, I don't have it that bad. Yeah. And you must always remember these four words, no matter what's going on, it could be worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I did mean to talk about you had a very serious motorcycle accident, which was when? 30 years ago, maybe? Or? It was uh, December 4th, 1988, at Washington and Robertson. The back wheel hit sand, and I swiveled and hit my rear brake. It went down. Then I hit my front brake. I went over, head on the concrete curb and pelvis. No helmet. No helmet. But after that, I went to Washington and met with Bill Frist, Orrin Hatch, Teddy Kennedy, and Mr. Clinton, President Clinton. Mm-hmm. And uh, created the Traumatic Brain Injury Act, which is to help people who have that injury. And what is that? To help them when they're working? If something happens, they can still get paid for work? Or what, what exactly did the no, act No, it means they get taken care of in right. the hospitals and the medical corps. And, I mean, obviously, were you worried about career-wise when you were coming out of the hospital, how it was going to affect you? Because you've been unbelievably productive since the accident. So. Okay, worry. W-O-R-R-Y stands for working on ridiculous routines yearly. <laughs> That's what I do. I am not allowed to worry. How do you stop it? You just don't think about it. You don't get in your own way. You don't go, what about I I mean, you just stay true to the course. Kevin, you can, we can both learn a lot from this and calmly. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I'm going to learn good all advice. these little Well, that's, it's, it's a good thought. I mean, if you really can stop yourself from worrying, but it is. Hey, Gary, they changed the helmet law after that too, right? And think yeah. about how many how many lives have been saved yeah. because of that. That was uh, muy importante. Do you still ride? No. No, I that never that, did that, after. No, no, I did. Right. I did. And with a helmet or no? With a helmet. Right. Okay, so let's get let's get back to Entourage. Not the highlight of your career, but for us, it was a big highlight for us. So, Larry Charles. Well, how can you say? What maybe it, it was. Is, well, maybe how it was. can you say what it is to me when you're not me? All right, so let's talk from your perspective. How did it? How did it impact you, or if at all? Oh, it's it's a great impact because you're doing something. You're giving love to a mm-hmm. message that you've been given to give with four wonderful actors and a great director, and it's just beautiful. And a writer, great great writer. Yeah, I consider myself kind of <laughs> directing also. But the amazing thing yes, is, because you shut up, down. these guys, we've talked about it a lot here. The show was very rarely improvised. We had a few people that came on, Larry, David, but you, if, if well, you were the first one that Doug cut loose and let do it every Listen, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have any options. <laughs> Gary Larry, said to me. Larry Charles 
said you're the script. Yeah, well, I don't know what... And that that made it pure. I don't know what conversation Larry and you had. I know what conversation you and I had, if you remember. I just and, told you. Well, no, with me, you said to me... With Larry, I just told you what I had with Larry. But with me, you said, I won't give you your words, I'll give you the truth. <laughs> okay, and I was like, to be honest with you, I was terrified at that moment. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen now. And we have this amazing scene where you were, if you recall, in front of this artwork that you had made, and I had written a lot of stuff, you didn't say any of it, and you made up some really incredible stuff. Amazing. <laughs> you know, Amazing. I mean, about running through a cornfield backwards, if you recall. <laughs> Here, Naked, stop, stop. Emotional dyslexia. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. There were perfect blue circles, and then there was a white circle around yep. the blue one. <laughs> yeah. I defined every white circle as an emotion that you're dealing with in your life. And I identified the emotions and talked about the emotions, and it was all improv. Yeah. But the first day was the improv on the beach. Remember? It was, was the, the start of the Every, everything Sun was I going did. down. Everything I did was improv. Yeah. Well, there was first one line. Thing. The one line I did write that I remember stayed in, which I love, which is you're talking to Jeremy Piven. Who, you're talking to Ari. He said, hey, Gary, great to see you. He said, how do I know you? And you're like, didn't you work craft services on Lethal Weapon? <laughs> so that was said, I said, you were a craft service worker on <laughs> Under Siege. <laughs> yeah. And then you added your own stuff, which is one of the great lines of the show, which I don't know why you said it to him or what was going through your head. The last thing I said after I told Jerry that, I looked, I, I just said, oh my, my, said the spider to the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember you said you're a gut maggot with no, no guts? guts. <laughs> what? You said you're a gut maggot with no guts. <laughs> yeah, you can find him on the slaughter board of a gut wagon. <laughs> it's fun to have a performing obligation to do. And when you're free of yourself without thinking when you're doing it, Automatic things will happen that are pure and really definable to the vision and the ears of the audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, the interesting thing behind the scenes, we had such a low budget. So when we did that scene with the art, we let you go. I had my line. With the what? With the art stuff that we were talking oh, art. about. Okay. So my line producer was screaming at me that we were using too much film. And I said, I'm letting him go as long as he fucking wants to go. I'll give you that. <laughs> also, yeah, too, the other thing, the other thing, stuff, the other thing, too, Doug, is the, the one thing that people never realized about Entourage is because we were 90% handheld, yeah. we could only use the small mags. Right. It was just a lot of, we got to do a lot in a little yeah, amount of time. And, and the truth is, Gary, we have 22 to 30 minutes, you know, for the show. And in that episode, I left so much of you in because it was all fabulous. So I just kept leaving more and more in. But obviously, Yay! the episode was long. We should probably, <laughs> there's, there's some stuff we had to cut for time. We should actually somehow uh, show that because it was incredible. And it was really, uh, it was an amazing thing for me to watch because, like I said, the scripts were so structured. You and Larry David are two of the only ones I can think of that really came in and were like, just let me go. Just unleash me. I, did, I, me did, I did not say let me go because I let myself go without asking. <laughs> right, right. That's a natural form of purity. And the beautiful thing about it, I did the four shows, TV, and when I come on the set for the second show, the four stars of the show would say, Oh my God, Busey's here! Oh, now what's gonna happen? Yeah, oh yeah! Remember we? Oh, we knew the days before the buzzing yeah. started. Busey's on his way. Well, well Kevin, I Con knew I had to get painted by you too. Remember you painted, oh, yeah. splattered yeah. the paint all over. That was fun. That Thanks. was fun. That was do, you, fun. do you remember what you did to Kevin Conley? Because he's still traumatized to the, this day. The baptism years later. The no, the tape. baptism was to Jerry. This yeah. game you played off camera, which I wish was in the show. Tickle somehow. and pee. Yeah. Do you remember well, this? 
No. Yeah, so we're at the entourage house, and remember, everybody would like hang out on the front lawn, right? And we were joking around, and we were all sitting there, and Gary says, you and I are going to play a game called Tickle and Pee. And I was like, Gary, I don't want to play Tickle and Pee. First of all, I'm ticklish, all right? <laughs> so Gary, this is what I always tell people. Gary's a strong guy. He got one hand on me, and it was over. Yeah. So what else is going on with you? I mean, uh, do you want to talk about your reality show for a second? How much of it? Were producers trying to push you into doing things? And how much did you just do whatever you wanted and, and wing it or whatever came naturally? Or how did it go? I do whatever comes naturally to me. And if it's not the operation or the linear thrust of the story with everyone concerned first, then they'll say when they should say, well, let's do this. But that never happened. Right, right. Was it an enjoyable experience? or It was like free-falling through heaven and hell at the same time. <laughs> right. That's how every day feels to me. But And so what's do you know what's next for you? I know the world's kind of in a shutdown, but do you know what any plans for Nothing what's next? Nothing is shut down, buddy. That's your imagination going negative. <sighs> My imagination is I killing have a me, show, Gary. I have a show coming on on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. called Gary Busey, Pet Judge. And I'm a judge in a court dealing with adults and they're animals. I'm not being... That is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my say, life. I'm not even joking. Idea. That is fucking amazing. What kind of cases are happening? And how many of you filmed of these? Well, uh, a guy came in and had a cat. Tabitha cat. <laughs> foot and a half long. And it had died. And he wants to bury his cat like a Viking warrior. We should <laughs> build him a big boat, put the cat in the middle with all the catnip and the cat toys. And with the oar, you know, the Viking ship has oars and has a dragon head on front and one on the back. Push him out in the water, shoot flaming arrows, catch the boat on fire. And that way the boat burns, the Viking warrior burns, and they sink into the ocean. And the Viking warrior becomes fish food. He wanted to bury his cat like that. His wife wanted to take it to a cat mausoleum. But I could see, and it's it's improv. It's not set my plan. I could see his heart and his mind and his love for the cat. So he got to bury his cat in a Viking boat. Nice. Built That's the way the I would cat. want to go out. I was huh? going to say, that I'd sounds amazing. I'd want to go out that way, right? That's the way. Well, <laughs> when you go out, and after my motorcycle accident, I passed away after surgery and went to the spiritual realm, the supernatural. Surrounded by angels, big balls of light like volleyballs, shining and breathing. Felt incredible love and protection like you don't feel on earth. And it's amazing to have that experience and then bring it back in real life as the pet judge. Mm. It's a wild ride. It's something you don't forget and it doesn't leave you. Because Doug, you can. could go on that show. I would love that. With I got that a lot cat of animal that's stuff. attacking your dog. Yeah. Doug, Gary's scene in the Entourage movie, yeah. did, what piece ended up in there? Was it with him with the L.A. Kings? Uh, I, you know what? We improvised a lot. I don't remember. Do you remember the Kings had just won the Stanley Cup, so we had them there with you. We had yeah. the great basketball player, Baron Davis, who's a friend of mine, and, and all these guys who was there uh, as well. And do you, you remember that day? You were a little sick. You were under the oh, weather I, and were great enough to I had keep working. I had 104 temperature. Wow. And after the, every scene, I would go up and lay on bed and go out. Stephanie or Mike Conley would wake me up. You're ready for you. And then, boom, right. showtime. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to go. And you brought it. You delivered. Uh, wow. You did a scene with Adrian. Do you remember working with Adrian, who played Vince? He's the movie star character. Yeah, I remember having a scene with him and... Uh, who was the guy I called Turtle? Jerry. Jerry. Okay. 
those guys were looking at me like they hated me so much. Why? I don't know, but I had on sunglasses. <laughs> I think they were intimidated. Oh, Jerry loves you. Jerry yeah, loves Jerry you. was going to call in from New York today because yeah. he was excited, but he, he had Oh, I don't stuff. know why, but they were looking at me like they can't tend me there. Oh, But no. so what? You know, to be honest, Adrian looked at me like that for a decade. I mean, that's pretty much how he looked at me all the time. So, you know, I think sometimes they don't, they don't I get think our they, I think Jerry was a little, a little intimidated, a little scared. Maybe the, the scene at the beach when you said you'd rip his sternum. I could break your sternum with one <laughs> shot. I forgot yeah. exactly what the lines were. Again, completely improvised. And Great you baptized stuff. Jerry. Stuff. You baptized Jerry Ferrara. Was, turtle. I, no, yeah. I, told, I told him that I was going to S-T-S him. And that stands for... I've got to take my forehead and hit you in the sternum and snap it. <laughs> yeah. Snap the sternum is what it's called. If you keep this up, your sternum is going to be in three pieces. Yeah, he yeah. believed you, too. He it was, was legitimately very... scared yeah. there. You could see. <laughs> yeah, it was very scary. Gary, how did you How did you get into acting? You're in this, you grew up in a small town in Texas, and what makes you get into this world of arts and everything? How, did, how, did, how does that happen? I was playing uh, football. What did you play? Center and guard. Nice. And uh, the football team challenged me to go out for a play. Like as a goof or they thought you had some? No, they meant it. So but I, I mean, did they it. thought you had talent. For... I did it. All right. And I got the part of Private Victor Jerome in a play called South Pacific. And people are laughing and, you know, things changed. I, I yeah. felt that. I felt that that bite right. of performing. And did you then move to Los Angeles or what did you do? I was in high school. I went to junior college in Coffeyville, Kansas, on athletic scholarship football. Then Kansas State hurt my knee, no scholarship for football, transferred to Oklahoma State University, auditioned, and got a dramatic scholarship. Wow. And was taught by Vivia Locke, full-blood Native American, who set me up to do what I'm doing now. Then I studied with a man named James Best, a workshop, camera technique and film awareness. Taught you how to work on a set and how to, you know, you're in a scene with somebody and it's the star of the show and it's his shot. Change your position that much with your head and put a shadow across his mouth <laughs> and I'll, I'll get the shot. It's all about upstaging. <laughs> Dylan's a master of that, by yeah. the way. <laughs> I got to learn that one. That's great. How about the book, Buseyisms? Why don't oh, we talk man. about that a little bit? Well, we have a book out. You can order it at Amazon or Barnes and Nobles and it's a book about my life. Everything I've been through, all of the stuff that happened to me is very good and it's very funny and it's very motivating and inspiring. You can order them now and I'm going to sign some and get your addresses to send those books to you. This is the first book and the second book I'm working on now and it's going to be called Invisible Solutions. What's that about? It's about solutions you have in yourself to figure out something, but you're afraid to look at it straight on because of the fear and the doubt you have about the truth of yourself. And the word I mean, fear. Gary, F- you're looking through me right now. I feel like you're, you're speaking the, to me here. The word fear, F-E-A-R, stands for false evidence appearing real. So people in fear created themselves. And the word doubt, D-O-U-B-T, that stands for debating on understanding bewildering thoughts. Fear and doubt are self-created. So are you really, I mean, you sound healthy and that's great. Are you really applying all this stuff in your life, in your relationships? That is my life. Yeah. Hey, Gary, how much fun did we have at that Rams game, though? Oh, that was great fun. You saw Jake? Oh, so great. Just being on the field. You just ran into each other or what? 
Yeah, no, yeah, we ran into each other. I didn't know you were going to be there. Jake was- had a friend named Austin that got us a ticket, end zone tickets are called. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, it was great. One of the saints ran over and said, hey, man, I love your movie. And then yeah. ran back on right. the field. Yep, yep. It was a high-scoring game, too. It was- well, I got some stuff for you, Gary. We were talking yesterday about, you know, some of the more difficult people you've worked with I was talking to Kevin and Kevin. I thought you were going to say I was. No, you were, you were, no, Connolly. I was talking about referring to that. Anyone, like any crazy directors that you dealt with who really uh, made life difficult for you that you Uh, recall? I did a movie. First movie I did was in South Dakota called Grasslands. And it was turn of the century. And we had motorcycles that were of the turn of the century. Wow. It was five guys and they're two girls. And we were out on the prairie. And we ran into him. But the director was taking 13 to 14 hits of acid every day. <laughs> so it was, uh, whoa, surrealistic in person. Did he give you anything good creatively while he was on acid? No. <laughs> it was all me. Right. It was probably the same way on Entourage. I don't think I gave you anything. No, no, either. no, no, no. You cannot compare the two. If you do, <laughs> you're not looking at the history and the research of it all. <laughs> I probably haven't. Are you naturally funny, do you feel? He's funny. I think I, I can yeah, be funny. No, wait, 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 wait. Funny. Time out. Are you, your feeling of your purity and your performance levels and where you go with work to do, are you naturally funny, do you feel, or do you just have that innate quality to be that way without thinking? I think I'm just naturally funny. Not funny. I don't want to sound like I'm blowing my own horn, well, your, but I have a good sense your, of humor. What's your definition of funny, if you edit why? My definition of funny is actually being able to understand other people's sense of humor. Do you have trouble doing that? No, I don't. Even if I don't agree with somebody's sense of humor, if I get it, I appreciate it. If okay. you get what? If you get what? You said what I'm saying is if it. it's a different brand of humor that I necessarily might not be into, but like I what? can acknowledge. Give me an example. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big a like joke, maybe. I, I like I like kind of dry. I want to tell stories with light. L i g h t. L i g h t stands for living in God's heavenly thoughts. Mm, nice, good one. I nice. like that. I think I could have pulled something off there because that's a few a few enough letters. Yeah, <laughs> Gary, how about your uh, your favorite actors from way back? Like, oh, were you a big boy. Brando guy or favorite actors from way back? Was, uh, well, Victor Mature and uh, Martin Brando. Oh, yeah. Brando told me, you got to remember this, that life is nothing but a dress rehearsal. You make it up as you go, and you become vulnerable and sensitive to everything you're not. And that way, the actor you're working with will be your ally forever, and the audience will love what you gave them because you gave them your truth. And the word truth, T-R-U-T-H, Taking real understanding to heart and trust. Talking realistically, understanding sacred truth. Love these. Love these. Yeah, I, I got, got one. Got a lot of music. I got one. Bar. Buy another round. Yeah, it's an old yeah. one. I stole it from Gary. I plagiarized <laughs> that. <laughs> I heard that on Pardon My Take. So, how about the Oscars this year? Did you like the films? The Oscars are something that has lost its splendor and the purity of the art that's being considered. I consider everybody in that audience that they naturally have an Oscar inside of them. And you got five actors, five actresses, supporting, supporting, makeup, hair, sex effect. It's all great. If you're nominated, you won. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. I'd like to go with that, too. Cause, you and know. you know what? There is Truly, there's no competition in art. Art is what it is for yeah. how it is, why it is, when it is, where it is, and that's it. In the Buddy Holly year, who got that Oscar? Uh, it was a Warren Beatty for Heaven Can Wait, me, uh. Bobby De Niro, Deer Hunter, Lawrence Olivier, Boys from Brazil, and John Voigt won for Coming Home. And I must say to this right now, I have a significant other living with me, the mother of my son, our son. She is a stand-up comedian deluxe, and you can see her shows on YouTube. And she plays at the Comedy Store, the West Side Comedy, Improv, Mm. and she's an incredible writer, and she's so funny. And is it Stephanie Busey to look it up? Stephanie Sampson. She's going to have her maiden name. I will check it out. Her her opening line is this. Hi, I'm Stephanie uh, Sampson Busey. Ten years ago, I met an actor named Gary Busey. He asked me to marry him, and I did. Apparently, brain damage is contagious. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, she's great. we got to check out your new show on Amazon Prime called What Again? Gary Busey, Pet Judge. I swear to God I will be watching that the day it comes on. I'm not joking. I'll watch it, too. Well, Gary, If if you could... Be an animal. Which one would you choose? Cheetah. What's the second animal you'd choose? German Shepherd. Okay. So, how you feel about yourself is a cheetah, but people see you as a German Shepherd. I would love if they do, so Mm -hmm. I hope so. Oh, they do. Can you lick yourself in places a German Shepherd can? (laughs) I used to be able to. When I was younger, I'm 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 not very limber anymore, sadly. Oh, you can get limber if you're horny. I think it's the shrinkage is what it is. (laughs) The shrinkage. I don't have any of that. That's cute. Shrinkage. Uh, What's your favorite music? At the risk of life imitating art, guys, we got to wrap this up. Okay. (laughs) No, no, let him write. You wrap it up. Oh, I know what to say. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> we can get the Gary Busey you're doing wrap great, up. Kevin. Kevin, you're doing great in it. Kevin thank is a you. master producer, but again, we want to thank legendary actor Gary Busey, who was gracious enough to join us today and on the show Entourage and in the movie Entourage. Get, and in closing, give us one more. Utah, give me two. Utah, give me two. Two meatball sandwiches. <laughs>